want to go live on video but are a bit unsure where to start? Or maybe you already go live a lot but you are scared to sell. Download for free the Live Authentic Storytelling Guide. Six steps to infuse storytelling into your live videos. You'll get practical structure to help you convert your audience from raving fans to loyal customers. Go to www.livestorytellingguide.com and get your free guide today. Hello, friends. If you are new to the podcast, I want to say welcome and thank you for joining us. For those of you that have been listening to the previous episodes, if you've been enjoying it, which clearly you're back, so you must be, will you go to iTunes for us and write us a review? It will help us spread the word about this podcast, which if it's helping you, that means it's going to help somebody else too. On today's episode is my friend, Lily Nicole. We are in a mastermind together, and she is just a brilliant, sweet, engaging, incredible human being. She is a master life coach who specializes in inner child work and body connection to provide conscious healing for the modern woman. By infusing energy work, mindset coaching, spirituality, and strategy, She guides women towards a love for themselves that affects all areas of their life and results in manifesting dream experiences, money, soul sisters, and businesses. Now, you do not need to be female identifying to get so much value out of this episode because I'm clearly not. And I came away with some really beautiful ahas, and I know you will too. This is... The Creative Soulpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Demas. Let's go. Lily, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. So I know what you do, obviously, but I don't think my audience necessarily knows you. So give us uh, who you are, what you do, who you serve, all those good marketing 101 questions. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. So My name is Lily Nicole. I am a master life coach and clinical hypnotherapist. And a lot of what I'm moving my business into is just mostly content creation. And I know that this is like a very creative podcast and audience and things like that. So I'm really excited about that shift that I'm moving into. And my mission really has always been to get the healing work that I do out to the masses and available to everyone. So I love being able to come on podcasts like this. Um, I'm stepping into the world of YouTube. And really what I enjoy doing is creating content that just allows people to see things from a new perspective and shift their thoughts, you know, a little bit every day until they wake up in this world where they're like, oh my gosh, you know, here I am. Because that's what I really feel like happened to me in my life. And of course I did, you know, invest in coaches and make those big jumps. But in the beginning, it started with a lot of books and, you know, research and just finding things on my own. And so I really love being able to provide that to people. And the areas that I kind of specialize in, I feel like at least right now, that seems to change for me pretty often. Um, But it always comes back to 
inner child work and body connection, like body love, body positivity. And that's really how I love to help people the most, helping them realize where their beliefs and thoughts are coming from now in order to shift them for the future and help them love themselves and the body that they're in. Because I think that that's, it's been so important in my life and, you know, for entrepreneurs, for every group of people, being comfortable in your skin is key to to making it through the day. So first, let me say, of course, you are perfect for this podcast because, of course, you're this content creator, you're this creative human being, and you are this spiritual entrepreneur. So you're like you're like the ideal person to appear on this podcast. I want to stay on this idea of body positivity and content creation because I think that there's this fallacy or this veneer that people put out there that you have to have like the perfect body you have to be standing in the beach with your bikini with your hair blowing in order to gain traction and followers can you debunk that for us yes yeah so I actually this is something that I really stepped into last year working with entrepreneurs on body positivity and really just body acceptance and body love right I think that the term body positivity kind of has this whole, it's become this huge movement and it's really great in some ways, but in other ways, I think a lot of things can be misconstrued and there are some like connotations that haven't been, you know, they're, they're not things that I necessarily believe in, but when it comes to entrepreneurs loving their bodies and being comfortable in their bodies and selling, you know, content while loving their bodies, not needing to be in a bikini, not needing to be looking perfect. Yeah, I think that it's just complete BS that we've told ourselves that we need to sell our content with the perfect body. Really what's most important and what is going to sell our content and what shines through in, you know, maybe those pictures or videos that you do post is your confidence and is your desire to be seen. And I truly believe that that's the number one thing when it comes to, especially to marketing in the online space and on social media like that is this confidence and this feeling of no matter what your body looks like, you are happy to show it to the world. Something I always say is it doesn't matter what you look like. It just matters that you like how you look. So there doesn't have to be this certain, you know, weight loss goal that you have to be going after or, you know, style and fashion that you're trying to achieve. It really just has to be finding comfort within yourself. Because when you have that comfort within yourself, you're going to allow yourself to be seen. The reason that this all kind of came to me last year was there's this whole concept of it's what's on the inside that counts, right? Especially in the spiritual world, we're like, oh, my soul is what's important. It doesn't matter what my body looks like. What internal is what matters most. But we're here living in this like physical reality and we have these bodies for a reason. And they're the only way that people can see and feel and hear what we're expressing from the inside. So the only way that the things that are on the inside even make it to the outside world is through our bodies. And if we don't feel confident and comfortable in our skin, then it's a lot harder to speak. It's a lot harder to show up. It's a lot harder to sell. It's a lot harder to help people. And so that's why I really am such a big believer in body acceptance for entrepreneurs. Woo. So, I mean, as you know, <laughs> I have spent five years creating a documentary that's still in production, actually. It's an edit called The Body Electric that is about pod, body pot. Potty positivity, body positivity. Sometimes it does feel potty-ish, 
body positivity, really in the LGBTQ world, but really it's a, it's a personal journey story of my own acceptance of my own body. So how have you come to that acceptance? How have you come to this place where you can say, I love my body so much, I'm going to appear on camera in my bikini, and I don't care what people think, say, or how they respond. How have you come to that? Mm, yeah, that's such a good question. Because I think, so with all of us, right, we've had our bodies our whole lives. So we have this entire lifelong journey with our bodies and with getting comfortable with it or with growing to be more uncomfortable with it and, you know, disdainful of it and, and all of that. But so how did I get here where I'm comfortable with my body? I think the number one piece for me that's been most important is giving myself grace. And that's been in every area of my life, right? In my business, in my relationships, is knowing that not every day is going to look the same. And sometimes I might look in the mirror and those insecurities will pop back up. And sometimes I would judge myself for that. Like, hey, you're helping people with this. Why are you still telling yourself, you know, that your arms look too flabby right now? You know, stop thinking that. And once I removed that and allowed myself just to be and just to you know, understand that some days I'm going to look in the mirror and maybe not feel my best, knowing that that's okay, while at the same time, putting in a lot of effort to getting to know my body and getting to appreciate it, not only for what it does, I think that a very common like teaching and body positivity or in loving your body is like, oh, think of all the things that your body allows you to do. It allows you to hug. It allows you to laugh. It allows you to walk. It allows you to dance. And so there is all that component, right? Like appreciating your body for what it provides to you. But for me, it's also been just a getting to know of my physical body. So spending time, you know, just really like looking at it in the mirror, like staring at it. I've done a lot of mirror work and something else that hit me just like a couple years ago I was thinking about the fact that, you know, so I've had these like two long-term relationships in my life where if even to this day, we've all been, I've been broken up with them one for like 10 years now, but if I were to close my eyes, I could kind of imagine what like the shape of his body felt like, because when we love someone, we get to know what they feel like. And I realized a few years ago, like I couldn't do that for myself. If I held my hands in the air and close my eyes, I wouldn't really be able to picture like what my thighs felt like and what my stomach felt like, because I spent so long avoiding knowing that part of me. So I started making a practice of, you know, just in bed at night, like feeling myself. And it didn't, you know, I'm not talking about like touching yourself necessarily in a sexual way, but just feeling your body and getting to know like the crevices and the lumps and the, you know, the smooth parts and memorizing that the way that you would a person you love it helped me connect with myself in such a deeper way and connect with my body and have a love for my body that was almost like an extension of myself rather than just a, a piece of self-love. And I feel like that was really, really key for me. Hmm. That's so interesting. For me, I was a dancer, right? Professional dancer. And so it was all on the that sort of external performance piece. And so I had to take back the narrative, basically of rather than somebody sitting there and dissecting me, I used to dissect myself before anybody could dissect me. Mm-hmm. And through yoga practices, through getting to know my body, like you're saying, from a more authentic or visceral or uh, personal level, that wasn't so, this is wrong with you, and this is wrong with you, and this is wrong with you. What is the feeling that I get in this part of my body? And what does it actually feel like to be in these bones and these muscles and these joints and this like, the shell that is the, like we were saying, like the housing of the soul. 
Mm-hmm. And the more that I got to know that, the less I was so in angst about it. Yeah, I love that. And I think that that's that what you just said, too, is really key and important because we probably have very different, you know, insecurities about our bodies, right? Separate things, separate reasons. And, you know, you were brought up, like you said, a dancer and and doing a lot of movement. I was always afraid to move like as a kid, like I hated sports, hated all those things, just believed I had no coordination and things like that. But at the same time, also, I think a lot of people can relate maybe in different ways to picking apart your body before someone else can do it for you. Right. And for me, I always look back and it wasn't that I was made fun of. No one ever, you know, called me the fat girl, but I like shrunk my, my personality down to avoid having that said, because I knew if I was like, or I believed that if I was like loud and, and allowed myself to be seen, then people would say the things that I was always kind of picking apart for myself. So I think that that's just a really important part that this journey that we're on towards loving our bodies really is extremely individual. And it's going to look different for everyone, depending on what you've been through leading up to this moment, what you need to get to the next moment, and then maybe something else, you know, a year from now or a month from now. And how has that affected you as an entrepreneur of putting yourself out there? So I actually, when I started a business, my first ever like business in the online space, it was through Beachbody coaching. And it was because I only became a Beachbody coach because I wanted to lose weight. I saw people online doing it. And I was like, you know what? I love posting on social media. Like that's always been my thing. So I'm going to encourage myself to have a better body by starting a business. So what's interesting is my whole journey into this, it's all been about my body. And I actually had someone once, like a someone I went to for some sort of session. And she was like, your body is your business. Your body is your business. And I didn't know what that meant until now, you know, and it's evolved with me. But at first I was just forced to put my body out there and to show myself, you know, I had started my beach body business. I was 284 pounds. I was really insecure about it. And throughout that, I, I learned to show my body where it was so that I was like, okay, in the future, I'm gonna be able to post these transformation pictures. Everyone's going to see how much I've changed. And that was really what I was holding on to in that moment. I look back and it doesn't feel like the healthiest, like uh mindset that I had back then, but I know that it, it taught me so much and it really did get me to where I am now in in certain ways. Eventually I lost 70 pounds um, and I was still showing my body in that way and having to kind of like sell my body in order to sell what I was selling helped me show it more. And once that started feeling uncomfortable to me, once that stopped feeling aligned, like the whole weight loss world stopped feeling in alignment to me. I was like, this is not what I want to help people with. Eventually I gained most of the weight back, but still I had found in that space how how to show my body, right? How to show up online. And now that's translated into what I do now, even when what I'm selling has nothing to do with body positivity or body at all it's allowed me just to fully be seen and know that people are always, you know, my people were always there for me at every single stage, no matter what my body looked like. And I really do believe that the more that I have shown myself and the more that I show my physical body, it's like a tangible representation of, of us. It's just allowed me to get more and more comfortable with all sorts of different things, like sharing the different thoughts in my head, sharing the different beliefs that I have and knowing that my body has changed so much 
I kind of, I'm relating it to at least now in my head, like how my thoughts and my beliefs have shifted and changed as a business owner over the past five and a half years at this point as well, and has given me the confidence to share that in the same way. It sounds like embodiment to me. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Yeah. So you also mentioned that you work a lot with your clients, inner child work. What does that mean to you? Because there are so many people that say, oh, my inner child, or they have a way of working with with their inner child or children. How do you work? So I always say that the inner child to me is the personification of the subconscious mind. I have been doing a lot of inner child work personally, and then I went to get my NLP certification, and I'm learning about the subconscious mind, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so similar. NLP and the subconscious mind really just brings a more like scientific piece to what some people might think is a little bit out there with like connecting with a past version of yourself. I don't see it as out there, but at the same time, you know, we're all in different worlds here. So to me, inner child work is working with the parts of you that formed the beliefs that you have and that you operate from now. So, you know, the first thing I learned about when I came into the personal development world was limiting beliefs. And I focused so much on what's limiting me, what's keeping me blocked, And I didn't even really realize it at the time, but a lot of what I was doing was some like gentle inner child work or really going back and remembering what my old stories were that caused me to believe those beliefs in the first place. So for me, I feel like I blend a lot of the more like, yeah, scientific is the wrong word, but you kind of get what I'm trying to say there with like NLP and like the neurological pieces, as well as the more like soulful spiritual pieces of inner child work, where I help clients and with myself just go back and connect with those past versions of myself, send love that that version of myself needed. So if I can think of a belief that I had been struggling with and kind of pinpoint just a version of me who made the decision to believe that belief, maybe I was seven years old, I can just picture the seven-year-old little Lily in my eye, in like in my mind's eye and think to myself, like, okay, what does she need right now? And even ask her, like, what do you need? What will make you feel better? What will make you feel safe? And then how, how can I apply that to that version of me? Even if it's all just taking place in, you know, in a visualization in my head, like hugging her, loving her, and then recognizing like one of the biggest takeaways and most important takeaways, I should say, from inner child work for me has been, okay, that little girl deserves the freaking world, right? Sometimes we look at ourselves as adults and it's really hard to say, you know, okay, I love myself, but in order to say like, oh, we're worthy of whatever we want, sometimes that there's, you know, it feels selfish or something like that. But when you look at a little kid, you never think, oh, no, they deserve to grow up questioning themselves. Like, I hope that they don't, you know, get too big of a head over there. Like, I can picture little Lily, and I'm like, she deserves absolutely everything she wants. The best, happiest, most successful, fulfilling life possible. And now I know, like, I am the only human being alive that has the ability to give that little girl the life that she deserves to grow up to have. So to me, a lot of inner child work is the work that I'm doing now and thinking about her, like, okay, what does she deserve? How does she deserve to grow up? How does she deserve to feel as an adult? And knowing that I am the one with the power and the choices to make to give her that. That's beautiful. It really is. Because yeah, you are the only one that can really offer that to that version of yourself. I have like children (laughs) within me. I have children. 
And, you know, I've named my children and and I I think of it as energies within me. And I talk to my energies, but I really have communication with them and they almost communicate with each other now as well, because I have developed over time a relationship with all the different parts and aspects of, of myself. There's a young, young version, and then there's the sort of middle-aged kid, because who I was in, like, middle school was slightly different than who I was when I was in kindergarten, and the hurts and the haunts that happened to them at those those periods of time are slightly different, and so it almost resonates and resides in me in a different place, and I even sense where they are in my body, speaking of embodiment, to sort of bring it together. So I was going to ask you, speaking of which... How does the inner child relate to your body and to your body positivity or your self-esteem regarding your body? Mm, Yeah, so much, right? I mean, I think the first thing that I would want to dive into with someone who is coming to me with concerns about their body or wanting to love their body more deeply is inner child work. Because it's like, where did those beliefs come from initially? It's almost like people will come to this place where they're like, okay, I hate my body, right? To be in the most extreme place. Like I felt that in my past. Like I just hate my body and I wanted to love it. You know, I had this like love for it, but I just could not wrap my head around it. And it wasn't one moment in my life that it was like, okay, now you're, you know, you're too big to to love yourself. So we've drawn the line. Now you hate it. It was this culmination of everything from, you know, being a little girl up until now. So like you said, there are so many different pieces and so many different versions. Like, so in in my individual story, right, with my body, I think back to four-year-old Billy, who was really tall. Like, I was really tall as a kid. I'm tall now. I'm 5'10", so I'm pretty tall. But as a kid, the difference was, like, two heads taller than everyone in my class. My mom said she thought I was going to be, like, 6'5". Like, it was something that, you know, noticeable. And I remember the first time I noticed that was when I was in preschool and we were in like one of the playhouses outside and all the little girls wanted me to pick them up so that they could touch the ceiling. And I just have a memory of that, of not thinking to myself like, oh, this is bad, but just this thought of, oh, my body's different. Right. And that was like the first knowing of that. So there's that, that version of me. Then there's the version of me, you know, in like second grade, noticing that I'm chubbier or I can't share my friend's, you know, sweatshirt because I'm too big to put it on. And then there's like high school Lily, which is totally different and college Lily, which is totally different. Right. Um, you know, you uh, allowing attention from men to, to mean something about what I am. So all of these different pieces have just, you know, combined within to each other, rolled up into this big ball that that now defines how I feel about my body in the present moment. So bringing them together, it's like, okay, where's the appreciation for our bodies looking back? Can I look back, maybe starting at the youngest version of Lily, because it's easiest to have most compassion for like a little four-year-old. Like, okay, if she were here in front of me right now and she expressed what she had in her head that she probably never said out loud to anyone at the time, if she told me what she was feeling and thinking, what would I say to her in Mm -hmm. return? And then the same thing with each version, like what would I say to them in return? And what that starts to do is like, yes, I really do believe in like a spiritual aspect of it where it's almost like we are going back and reparenting, you know, that version of ourselves. 
at the same time, it's also like reprogramming lots of things in our brains and applying lessons that could, if they had been learned at that point in time in our life, so many things would be changed. And the more often that you do that, the more the connect, you know, the connections will come alive in your brain right now for how you can feel about yourself now. And then the action steps, right? Like you said, you got into like yoga. I said, I started like notice thinking of, oh, I should actually get to know my body. Those ideas will come to you rather than you having to like go out and find what you're supposed to do just by connecting to your inner children. Yeah. I love this. I know for me, I, this is several years ago, but I, I saw a picture of myself, an old picture of myself from a period where I really like hated my body, hated it at the time. And I looked at the picture and I was like, you were so cute. <laughs> right. And what I learned in that moment was that I hadn't fully accepted even then that older version of myself. And it was a really powerful moment for me because it was, oh, wow. You're still sometimes, you'll still look in the mirror every every once in a while and be like, oh, if I could only lose those final five pounds. Oh, if this only looked like that. And what that did for me in that moment, you know, a few years ago, I think it was like four or five years ago when I saw that picture was, oh, wow, you had no perspective. You had no perspective then and you still don't now. So it's time to let go. It's time to let go and, and honor what you do love and you do like and that you can really, oh, wow, just allow it to be what it is and who you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so powerful. Even just that last like sentence that you said, like, allow it to be what you are. I know I've been um, getting into a lot of my TikTok account is really all about, you know, loving your body. And I do these what I eat in a day in my plus size body videos and people love them because so often plus size women don't have permission. Just, you know, it's like either you have to eat like a whole pizza and gallon of ice cream and show it off. Like you don't give, you know, you don't care at all. Or you have to be like constantly dieting to show that you are aware you're bigger and, you know, it's time to be smaller, but just allowing yourself to be where you are and giving yourself permission to listen to, you know, what you, you want when it comes to food and to, to like yourself when you look in the mirror or to feel neutral when you look in the mirror, even just permission for that when you're starting is so huge. So I love that word, like allow, like allowing your body to be what it is. Yeah, it is an act of surrender. And that is in itself a spiritual experience. So it really is this combination, like you were saying, of mind, of body, and of spirit, ultimately. And this act of, of allowing or surrendering to your innate beauty, your greatness. I, I love that you mentioned TikTok because... Your TikTok is on freaking fire, first of all. Like, share with everyone, because I know this this story, but share with everyone what's happened for you with TikTok and how it's sort of exploded. Yeah, it's been so funny. So I downloaded TikTok for the first time in, like, December. And I think I was telling you this. I was like, I, I don't get it, and I deleted it, right? But then, you know, quarantine happened, and I'm like, let me just see what this is all about. People are talking about it. So I got on. I started, I, like played around, made a few videos. I had no idea what I was doing, but then I had one like randomly go viral 
you know, I think I had like 300,000 views, something like that, which was insane to me at the time. And it was like me and my mom drinking wine. People loved it. They thought it was hilarious, whatever. Then I got this like bug. I was like, oh my God, that was so much fun. Like, I just want to keep creating and keep, you know, making more things and making more content. And now, you know, I've had, I've had a video where I met um, my boyfriend during quarantine and we had like these socially distanced first dates. And so he's such a good sport. We recreated the first date for a TikTok video and it has over 2 million views. I've been contacted like by Bumble. I'm actually in conversation with Bumble right now for a little project that they're working on. There's like potential of working with the New York Times on this story. Like it's just really blown up and and gone a lot of places. And when I started doing the what I eat in a day and my plus size body videos it's interesting because those videos they did get popular like you know some of them have like 500,000 views but that's when I really started gaining like the following base like I'm almost at 60,000 followers right now which is you know to me that's a lot on TikTok it can go to like millions it like with a snap of a finger so there's just like a lot of potential for growth but it's been really just the place for me that's been number one, super creative, really fun to just create. And then also, um, yeah, creating that connection with people and knowing that there's so much potential for people to see it because they're like pushing that stuff out there. But yeah, there's been like a lot that has come from it for me, a lot of opportunity clients in my business. Yeah. Which is amazing to me. And I'm so inspired by it that, you know, 2021 is going to be me getting into TikTok. Uh, you know, I've been very resistant, ha- ha- as you know, as because we've had conversations about this, heavily resistant feeling like I'm too old. Mm. I'm like, I'm like, oh, I'm too old for this platform. But you're proving that not to be true. I mean, granted, you are younger than I am. But I'm, in my mind, it's for people, it's for like Gen Z, right, in my yeah. mind. So you really helped me sort of reframe it. And I think that that's really phenomenal. We'll make sure to put your TikTok in the show notes so that everyone can go on there and follow you and see this amazing journey that you're taking. And I love how you are integrating it fully into all that you do. Everything from the body positivity to your business, to your life, to your boyfriend. It's like this very encompassing way of being on social. If you had to give somebody one or two small tips about TikTok, what would you say? Like, tell me, because I need the help. (laughs) (laughs) So I think the number, okay, then first tip for me, the reason that I think it worked for me so well was I went into TikTok thinking to myself, I am going to do this for fun. This is going to be the social media platform that I'm not focused on business and on how I can sell my next program, right? Because that's what all of social media is now for me. Even when I'm like not on there for business, I'm only following, you know, other coaches and things like that. So it really is just constantly like work. So I went into it with this intention of this is going to be fun. And if it stops being fun, I'll stop. That allowed it to just be fun because then I wasn't worried about the numbers. I wasn't worried about like who's watching. Is it converting? Is this, you know, aligned with what I want? Now for me, and I think for probably you and a lot of people listening, I like to create something that people like. And when I was like 19, I had, I was in a long distance relationship and I had, you know, a long distance relationship blog on Tumblr that was, you know, really popular. I think it had like 15,000 followers or something. There wasn't money to be made from that. I think I started selling like some rubber bracelets at some point, but really I do have a lot of fun just creating something that people are going to love. So 
knowing that it's, yes, it's okay if you're still kind of like having that goal of growth and having that goal of getting a lot of people to see it and having things go viral, but really knowing that it doesn't have to come back to sales in your business was like the number one thing for me. And in return, it has, right? A lot of people started following me on Instagram and then that's where like a lot of the sales happen and, you know, it's, it's become sort of like a funnel. So that would be my number one tip. And I think that's like my main only tip that I have for TikTok. Like, Yeah. And I love that because you didn't approach it with the idea of going to make money, right? You went out there like as a, somebody who loves to create content and have a good time. And I think that when you saying that frees something in me in the sense of just go enjoy it and see what happens rather than it needing to do or have have it well okay here we go back to sort of the spiritual teachings of Mm -hmm. non-attachment not having attachment to the outcome and I feel like sometimes we in business it's all about the metrics and with something like this maybe it just needs to be fun for a while (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah and I think that's the way to like keep the culture of the app too because really anyone who's selling anything on that app like directly like talking you know if a coach gets on there and starts talking about their program and the offer that they have no one's sticking around to watch that because that's not why people are on the app. That's what a lot of Instagram has become. And mm-hmm. we know to expect that when we get on. But with TikTok, it's like somewhere where you go to like disconnect, to laugh, to learn, to like feel, you know, something. It's a lot of quick little snippets. So just knowing that you're not even going to get attention for directly selling on it. So why waste your time? Um, like just let it be something that's fun. And really then, you know, only doing it if it's fun. That sounds very freeing. And mm-hmm. let me ask you this, since you have grown the following to 60,000 and plus, 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 because every time I talk to you, it's grown even more. Do you feel more pressure now? <sighs> Interesting. I actually, overall, no. I think that there have been moments where, like, if I haven't posted in a few days, I'm like, oh, no, like, I don't really know about TikTok algorithms and how they work. Will that, you know, get me less views next time? And there have been little moments of that. But in general, there's not been more pressure. It's almost been just more, like, more freeing, like, more feeling like I can express myself more, especially with the type of content that I'm creating. There's a lot of, you know, younger girls, especially, like, in their early 20s, and, you know, some girls who are in high school saying, you're helping me so much, like, understand what, you know, it means to be intuitive with my eating and with my body. Um, You're helping me love my body. So, Somehow that has not applied pressure to me yet. It's just made me excited. I think because I actually, again, it goes back to me having fun with creating these videos and it was never like a way to make money because I don't think I'm ever going to make money off of, you know, a 17 year old girl who's watching my TikToks. But I really, it is so much fun for me just to be there and know that now people like their future inner child is, is the present moment right now and is receiving this information. So yeah, no, it's not been more pressure for me. It's continued to be fun. And I really, again, think that just goes back to having it be fun in the first place. This isn't a question that I typically ask people, but for some reason, it it just keeps popping into my head. So I'm going to go with it. It just keeps coming through, which is, where do you see yourself in five years? Where do you see your business in five years? I love this question. And I think you're being called to ask it because it's been like what's on my mind lately. I see it looking different. Right now, I do a lot of like, you know, coaching. So group coaching, one-on-one coaching, membership style thing. And I love that. 
But again, it's like I said in the beginning, I really want this work to get out to the masses and these messages to get out to the masses. And for a long time, the ways that I envisioned that in my head was like, you know, speaking on stage, writing books, things like that. But I think that that's just because it was what I saw, you know, like Brene Brown or like Gabby Bernstein kind of thing. Like that's what they were doing. And that's how they were getting their message out there. But it never like I maybe I'll speak on a stage, but that's not really what I love doing. So right now, like even actually today, I'm going to be posting my first ever YouTube vlog online. And what I see for the future of like my business and the way that my message gets out there is more like subtle teaching. So perspective shifts through a conversation on a podcast that's not necessarily geared towards, you know, one, you know, one teaching or one specific thing or like a a YouTube vlog so that people can see how I'm living my day and I can share my thoughts and it can be more like integrated in like the perspective shifts can be more integrated into like the flow of the day rather than, okay, sit down and I'm going to teach you about manifestation today. Right. And that's really how I see things. And I would love my dream is to have like sponsorships and advertisers paying me so that I don't have to charge for, you know, big programs and things like that, or that can be like a bonus, something easy. But yeah, that's how I see it. It's almost like I was explaining to a friend, I kind of envision it as more of like an influencer style life that I'll live, but rather than being an influencer who like starts a skincare line, I'll be like an influencer who maybe has like a lot of online coaching courses, you know? Yeah, it's like a hybrid. And I, I can totally see that coming to fruition for you and and for others. Like, because I think that the influencer, the days of the influencer standing in front of the wall posing in, in a pretty picture is coming to a close. Mm-hmm. And if, if, if COVID has taught us anything is that life isn't what we necessarily think it is. And it doesn't always look that way. Mm-hmm. What's happening on one side is not necessarily what's happening on the other, on the internal, so to speak. And this sort of holistic way of being an influencer, I think, I think is going, like you do, is going to be the wave of the future. And I think you're going to be on the forefront of it. I really do. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. Yeah. I really have this, like, just this vision of, again, like influencers and the self-care world, right? Mm -hmm. It's been so much about like, get a massage, get a pedicure. I'm like, okay, yes. And let's let it go deeper. And let's show that in a simple way, rather than saying, pay $1,500 for my course to learn about inner child work, you know, which is still, I think should be an option and can be an option. But what about the people who are, have never even heard of it, right? Like let's have a way for them to get that kind of support as well yeah. in a fun, easy way. Absolutely. And I think that there's, there's a place for all of it. It's not that it needs to be and, or it's yes. And yes. Exactly. And yes. And yes. And well, I so appreciate you being here and sharing your vision for your life and your business because it it feels very fully integrated and I think that's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on today not only to talk about body positivity and inner child but because I see and I witness in you this integration of your business and your life that is uh, quite beautiful and any final words of wisdom for anybody out there who's maybe an online entrepreneur or an entrepreneur of any kind a creative entrepreneur that's like hmm how do I do that yeah I think the main message that I have for you, and this is just what's coming through to me now, is 
make your main focus like learning to listen to yourself and learning to listen to your intuition rather than learning to do, you know, and figure out what you want to do, figure out what you want to create, figure out how it's going to look. Just like I said in the beginning, continue to give yourself grace and take everything moment by moment. And again, know that it doesn't have to look like, just like your body doesn't have to look like what other people's bodies look like in order to be worthy and be accepted and to, you know, help you sell whatever it is that you're creating. Neither does your business. It can look however you want it to look and that can change, you know, from day to day, from year to year. I know that my body has continuously changed and my business has changed continuously, but it still has always, you know, lit me up and provided for me. Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. And how can they reach you? How can everyone find you? (laughs) So I'm mostly on Instagram and TikTok. Instagram is at Lily Nicole Coaching, and my TikTok is at Self Love with Lily. And my YouTube now is getting kicked off a little bit more. So my YouTube is just Lily Nicole. You can find me. Um, and my podcast is called The Bold Bodied Podcast. Awesome. We'll make sure to put all of that so people can click right on it. Thanks again for being here. Thank you for having me. If you enjoy this podcast, tell your friends. Please rate, write us a review, and subscribe so we can spread the word and other solopreneurs just like you can find us.